If you're looking for industry insider knowledge or seeking advice on the hottest prospects and rookies, if your goal is a better return on investment, these next 30 minutes will not help with any of that. We're going to talk cards. We're going to talk about life. We're going to share some laughs. And we're most definitely going to wax nostalgic. Coming to you from the Why I Collect Studios in the Rod Carew Man Cave, deep in the bowels of the EN Sports Cards Estate, in the heart of Louisville, Kentucky. Broadcasting around the world. So put that junk wax binder down and your headphones on. You're listening to the People Over Cards podcast with your host, Che. A Heart of the Hobby production. Welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Che, from ensportscards.com, and you're listening to the People Over Cards podcast. Happy Monday, it's June 26th, 2023, and this is Episode 6 of People Over Cards. My guest today has spent the last 20 plus years on a mission to make a difference and impact the lives of the people in his community. In his own words, he's the president, the founder, the floor sweeper, and the little bit of everythinger of the nonprofit organization Cans Can, a 501c3 charity that uses 100% of its sales of sports cards and memorabilia to raise funds for those in need. That's 100% of sales, not 100% of profits, 100% of sales. It's truly my honor to welcome Greg Poole to the show. Greg, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, hey, absolutely a pleasure to be here. I, uh, I am, I've been excited about this all week. You know, I read about your story probably three or four weeks ago in the Sporting News, Ryan Fagan wrote a wonderful article um, bringing to light w- what you're doing. And I, I've been, I, I read it and right away I said, I got to get that guy on my show. I got to get him on the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. So uh, let's get started. I don't know if you're familiar with the format of the show, but I always start with four icebreaker questions. So they're just quick, easy questions. Um Nothing you got to really think about. Just kind of, just kind of get the juices flowing. So you ready? Yeah, let's give it a go. Okay, what sports teams are you a fan of? A diehard Cardinals fan, one hundred percent. And for for some reason, uh, the Boston Celtics, even though they continuously break my heart <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, yeah, mainly those two. Um, okay. I followed the Rams when they were in St. Louis, um, decided that I wasn't going to go uh, west with them as well. So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's the only pro teams. Um, I okay. am an SIU Saluki, and so speaking of teams that break your heart over and over, and over <laughs> I, I guess I'm a Saluki fan, uh, even though that's probably not a popular thing yeah. to say. 
But uh, yeah, so a lot of Missouri Valley Conference basketball I watch. Gotcha. I can emphasize a little bit with that on, on that having being a fan of a lot of teams that uh, they're not a lot to cheer about. I'm a big Reds fan, um, big Kentucky football fan. So those two <laughs> haven't provided me with a lot to cheer about over the years. My fiance is a huge Cardinals fan. So we're um, a house Die, divided. That's, yeah. that's probably yeah. number one in my book, Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Gotcha. Cardinals. All right. Well, I think I probably know the answer to this one then. If you could only watch one sport for the rest of your life, which one would it be? You know, honestly, I'd probably say college basketball. I mean, I know okay. I, I just I just I just harped on my um, love of the Cardinals, but to me, college basketball is still one of the more pure things that you can watch. It may be changing Perfect. a little bit, but it yeah, I love college basketball. That's why I ask these questions because a lot of times, you know, my favorite, favorite sport to collect and my favorite sport to play as a child was baseball. But, and I live in Lexington, Kentucky, went to the University of Kentucky. But my favorite sport to watch is not college basketball. It's not baseball. I love yeah. to watch football. I'm a huge yeah, Kentucky yeah. football I, fan. I can absolutely watch pretty much any college basketball team. Um, baseball, I love baseball. I love the Cardinals, but I'm probably not going to stay up and watch the Mariners and the Angels. Right, right. All right. So today I got a package that I'd ordered from eBay uh, three or four days ago. I ordered a Satchel Page starting lineup figure. And as soon as I got it out, I was like, okay, I went and I set it up with my Josh Gibson starting lineup figure, like, like Satchel was pitching to Josh. And I was like, man, if I could go back in time to watch any sporting event in the history of sports, I would love to be in the stands to watch Satchel Page pitch to Josh Gibson. So if you could go back in time to any sporting event in the past, what do you think you would like to go back and see that you that you weren't able to see live or in person? Man, I tell you what, I would love to see Musual play live. Um, just the way that he played the game, just to see that in person. Um you know, I would say I'd say that'd be number one. Um, you know, I'd love to see that you and or the NC State uh, NCAA. Oh final yeah, five. yeah. I mean, or even the the Jordan the Georgetown North Carolina game, something like that would probably be really high on my list. Man, there were some good Final Fours in those early eighties, and you go right into Villanova Georgetown a couple of years yeah. after that. That those were <laughs> awesome. That was my childhood right there. Okay, uh, last one. You just want a free vacation, but you got to choose. Are you going to a warm tropical beach or a secluded mountain cabin? Well, uh, I guess the, the sub question to that is, is my family going with me? Because if my family's going with me, I have to go to the beach. Uh, I'm not a beach person per se. Uh, I'm a family person. So if my family's going, they're not going to forgive me if I choose the mountains. <laughs> I, I get that 100% and I, I'm in full agreement. If I had to take the kids, we'd be going to the beach. But if it's just me, give me a mountain cabin and um, some <laughs> yeah. hiking and just uh, some alone time and I would be so happy. <laughs> All right, Greg, thank you for doing that with me. I just think it's a good way for both of us to settle in a bit before we move on to the more important stuff. Uh, having said that, why don't we go ahead and jump right into why we're here tonight? And that's to talk about you and your story. And I, this is a this is a hobby show. It's it's based on sports cards and the people in the hobby. So my first question to every guest is always the same, and that is, can you tell me your hobby origin story? How did you fall in love with this hobby of collecting sports cards and memorabilia? Yeah. So honestly, 
Uh, I mean, as, uh, as soon as I got taken to the store, I was probably getting cards. And so my sister always got candy. And so I was always asked what I wanted. And that was never candy. Uh, that was always cards. And so really from like, I mean, I can remember buying packs like earliest memories, like five. So, I mean, not to date myself, but I mean, that was, uh, that was like 88 Donruss. And so uh, I can remember opening those and, and just probably carelessly tossing them away um, in, into piles, much to my mom's chagrin. But um, yeah, so that was my earliest into it. And then honestly, um, I had a lot of tight knit friends and, and cousins that were all into the hobby. And so uh, it was kind of our own little community. Um, and then, you know, again, predating the internet. I mean, that was, that was other than the small section uh, in our regional newspaper, that was where your stats came from. I mean, that, yep. was, that was where the transactions came from. That's how you gain knowledge of the games, uh, the players. And so, Really, that was it. And I, I'm, an, I'm a stats nerd. Like, I always loved that part. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of, like I said, a perfect storm of, of just that was what was available. And then uh, friends into it. I mean, that was, that was on Friday night. Man, you packed up a box. You packed up your binder. Uh, and then you went over to somebody's house. And uh, hopefully you left with fair trades. Uh, <laughs> you know, it depends on how good of a friend you had, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that's probably my hobby origins. And honestly, I really never quit. I mean, I know a lot of the guys, uh, especially my age now, will say, well, I quit in high school. Um, I guess I wasn't that cool in high school, so I never, <laughs> I never really quit. And yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. That's awesome. That mirrors a lot of, a lot of my hobby origin, you know, and I, and I think back to meeting up in friends' bedrooms or in the backyard or on the playground at recess and is doing those trades and, um, I'm vividly to remember trading 88 score and, you know, 87 tops. And uh, yeah, it's back before the internet and that, but we, it was still about the community. I mean, today we've got our hobby community on Twitter. We've got hobby communities on Instagram. It, people are buying and selling cards, but it always to me comes back to the people in the hobby and, and the community that they develop um, surrounding those cards. So, but all right, fast forwarding till today, I, we're going to talk in a few minutes about what you do as far as selling cards, but are there cards that you, that you keep that are yours? They're going to be part of your collection. They don't go into the, into the shop or into uh, the for sales stack. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I have always said that everything has a price and depending on the need um, that we have in front of us, I would say everything is available for purchase. Now on the flip side of that, uh, my personal collection is fairly retail light, <laughs> resale gotcha. light, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I keep a lot of them that have uh, personal memories tied to them. Um, so, like, uh, one of the cards, again, that has, I would just say, less than zero retail value is uh, my grandma bought me um, a Babe Ruth from the Sporting News set. So that was like, I don't know, 90s, you know, mid 90s. And I'm sure she got it on QVC. Um, but she was so happy that she gave me a Babe Ruth. And, you know, the guy on TV told her it was a big deal. <laughs> so it was a big deal. And so I, I kept that um, there. I have a Carl Pickens um, from the game day set, like whatever, 92 uh, or whatever. That was the first box I can remember buying with my own money. 
I don't know why I bought game day <laughs> to this day, <laughs> but that was the best card I got out of that. And so like cards like that, I keep just that have sentimental value. Um, as far as retail, like, you know, big money cards, everything goes in the shop. Um, and like I said, I keep those that have memories for me. Um, we do have a section or a little case in our shop that um, we do keep, or I do keep, uh, cards from uh, players or athletes from the high schools that we've served. Um, so, like, in our, uh, Doug Collins is from my hometown, so I've, okay. I've got some Doug Collins stuff in there. Jerry Sloan is from, I don't know, 20 minutes away. Um, so, guys like that, I mean, those are probably two of the bigger ones. Um, but, yeah, so we have a display, and I guess that technically counts as my personal collection. Again, it's it's pretty retail of value light, but yeah, gotcha. so it does, but it does mean something. And like I said, it's a community type thing. Absolutely. So you've mentioned the shop a couple of times and um, that is the headquarters, the HQ of cans can. Am I correct with that? You are. It is the worldwide headquarters. Gotcha. Uh, All right. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we had that put on the door just because uh, <laughs> we, we thought it sounded funny and good. Like it's like, oh man, people walk by and they don't know. And they're like, this is the worldwide headquarters. The wor <laughs> <laughs> well, do you mind to tell us about Cans Can and and how did it get started? You know, how long have you been doing it, and and how did you come about this idea of what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, cans can started, it will be 23 years this October. Um, I, when I, the more I talk about it, the more that seems further and further away, but, um, yeah, so 23 years this October, um, it started, uh, in a really dark kind of rough patch in my life. And so growing up, um, experienced some abuse, uh, quite a bit actually and honestly never told anybody about it and kind of just internalized everything and so for me kind of even into my hobby origins is like the card shop was kind of a place that i could go reset my mind um and kind of just be away from things and so um went through all that and then at 16 um decided that 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 was going to be the end um, I, I, I attempted suicide and obviously I didn't succeed in that, but one of the things that I did before is kind of like what my last, uh, act before doing or trying to do what I did, um, is I had just mountains of baseball cards. And so what kind of is a twofold thing for me is one, you know, I always didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave anybody being bothered by my stuff. And then I wanted to do something good before, before what happened. And so, I, I, I boxed up a few 5,000 count boxes, went to some buddies, went to some local card shops. Um, I, I sold what I could and um, I had done Meals on Wheels routes through high school, uh, through an organization in high school. And I went and I bought some food and I went around to the people on our, on our list and dropped off some food, said some goodbyes. And, and really that was going to be the end of it. And uh, like I said, obviously I, it didn't happen. And I got back in my truck and I looked down and I still had several of these boxes left and, and, and thought, well, man, I'm, I'm here. Like, this is, I, this is what I'm here for now. And so since that day, um, yeah, October, 23 years, we've, we've grown leaps and bounds, but that's kind of the, the origins. Uh, it's not the most rosy. It's not the most pleasant, but that's how we started. Uh, and from there, we've really just, 
I, I don't want to say exploded, but uh, I mean, we've really grown uh, our service projects. We've grown our sales obviously have to grow to meet, to meet the needs, but yeah, I mean, that's how we started. That's a powerful story. That's, you know, that's, Ooh, that's, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Honestly, in, in, in even kind of going into the origins, you know, we came up with the name wrestling. We, I came up with the name uh, to tie it to kind of a service project. Cause it was one of those things that, I didn't ever really want to talk about it. Uh, and I knew that if, if I was like, hey, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm also collecting cans. And like, if you want to give me your recyclables, I always thought if I disguised it as a service project that nobody would ask any questions. And I was right. And so uh, really up until recently, I've, I've not been super open about it. But like I'm learning that 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 part of the story is just, you know, it helps just as much as, you know, the, some of the other things that we do. Well, it, it, it's absolutely powerful and, and authentic and, and vulnerable. And um, like I said, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So you've been doing it 23 years and you talked about we've grown and we've we've done this. So I know you have a full time career other than than this. Than yeah. This charity. Yeah. So who else is involved in this? So with you? It is it is my family, first and foremost. Uh, my wife is absolutely amazing with this. My kids uh, are five and eight, and they're always, uh, most always there whenever we're open at the shop. Anytime that we do any kind of service projects, they tag along. Uh, my parents and, and my wife's parents are there. And so really, it's a family, it's a family thing. Uh, I always like to use the term we because it's obviously more than me. And I also like this stuff kind of makes me uncomfortable sometimes. So yeah. I always hate, I always hate to use that term. I, cause I never want it to look like it's, it's what I'm doing or it's what, you know, we're doing this for attention, but yeah. So like a hundred percent, my family, um, nobody's paid for this. We're all volunteer. We do have some other people that help here and there, but, uh, my kids work for Skittles and beef jerky. So right now that's, <laughs> that's about, that's about the extent of, of, of somebody getting paid to do this. Well, that's great that, that it is a family affair and that, you know, because it takes so much of you, right? Yeah. And, but you've got your family there with you. So you can be spending the time with your family and not, I love to hear that. I love the fact that they are involved in this and um, you're doing this together as a unit. So that's awesome. Um, your organization is based in Benton, Illinois. Is that correct? Benton, Illinois, the bustling metropolis that is Benton, Illinois. Yes, sir. Well, Tell me a little bit, a little about Ben. Yeah. So, um, honestly, at one point in time, I, I say the term bustling. So, uh, in the eighties and nineties, we were a big coal town. Um, so we had three or four at one time operational coal mines. Um, we had two boat factories. Um, so at one time I, I say booming, we, it, it, we were booming. Times are obviously different. The economy's different. The community makeup is different. Um, love, love this town, love this community. I love our whole area. Um, but you know, now, um, we're looking at like our local grade school, um, has a poverty rate somewhere in the sixties, 65% range. So, um, average class size is about 30. So, you know, out of 30, 18 out of the 30 are below the poverty line. Um, 
So, and then on the flip side of that, a lot of the older citizens or a lot of older residents that grew up during the times, I guess we say when they're good, but when, you know, when times were different, they didn't want to move away, but their kids did. And so um, we do a lot or a lot of seniors don't have family in the area or if they do, they're estranged or, you know, they're in other states, they hardly ever see their families. So it's kind of like this melting pot of needs that kind of mesh together in a weird way. But yeah, so again, uh, schools are wonderful. I mean, I, I can't speak enough about teachers. I mean, everybody's wonderful, but lots of needs, lots of needs, both you know, across the board from economical to, you know, social needs, things like that. So, yeah. Well, that, that will bring us right into what I was going to, going to ask about next. And that's, you mentioned your shop a few times mm -hmm. when I was reading Ryan Fagan's article on you in the sporting news, the, the first thing that jumped out to me was there was a video in the article that, that you had posted uh, kind of doing a walking tour of your shop. And that resource center was just really, really cool. Can you tell us, about yeah. so you, you've got a baseball card shop that that has got it's got, <laughs> yeah 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 but there's more to that baseball card shop that meets the eye can you tell us about the resource yeah, center inside so, the shop yeah absolutely so so um our so our our, our our hq so in the front part of our hq we have our shop but in the back part uh, we used to call it the teacher resource center but my daughter insisted we rename it because we had people coming in she goes dad they're not teachers like you you're you're, <laughs> you're naming it wrong it's not just a teacher resource center so we just call it the resource center. So in the back, I mean, every nook and cranny stuff full. So we have back hallway, we have three or four back rooms. Um, we have uh, shelving set up to where we, we stock pretty much anything that a teacher is going to need from their classroom, from laminating sheets to crayons to colored pencils, it really basically anything. And we allow teachers in the communities uh, around us as well. Uh, they can come in to shop free of charge. Um, like I said, we carry library books, um, snacks, really anything that we need. Cause like I said, the needs really extend outside of even our city. I mean, a lot of towns in our, our, our surrounding communities would probably mirror, um, the poverty rate that ours do. And, um, so yeah, so we want to give the teachers what they need to help kids succeed. Um, and then also we have uh, things for foster families, uh, social workers. So we carry diapers and bedding, uh, pillows, shoes, toys, and, and those social workers can come in and get what they need. Uh, foster families will contact us when they get a kid. A lot of times it's emergency removal. Um, and so they'll be like, hey, we need clothes, we need shoes, we need this and that. So they can come in and take what they need for free. Um, we can't carry everything. We are kind of limited space-wise. And so um, one of the other things that we do is beds. And so when a kid's removed and the family's like, hey, we need two beds, three beds, one bed, um, we'll, we'll purchase that and have it delivered to them or we'll deliver it ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, just trying to think. So we have another room that we do, our senior care ministry. We do a meal delivery service. Uh, a couple times a week to local shut-ins. We we keep that stocked and that's all free. So everything that we do for the community, we don't charge for anything and really a hundred, not a hundred percent. I guess the, the formal percentage is like 77% of the money we spend comes from the sale of sports cards and memorabilia. That's amazing. And you know, when I was, when I was watching the video, I saw all that stuff you were talking about, but something that jumped out at me and I was like, and this guy thinks of everything. There was deodorant. There was toothpaste. There, there were 
you know, that type of stuff that we, we tend not to think about people needing, but it seems like you've thought of everything. I, I mean, I saw paper towels, toilet paper, um, yes. basic necessities for life other than, you know, beds and clothes and, and, yeah. and things. It was just the little stuff. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, just the longer we've done it, the more, I guess, in tune that we work with the people that we work with. And so, yeah, so um, like socks are a big one and wouldn't have thought of that maybe 20 years ago when we started, but um, like clean socks are, it's a big one for foster kids. Like they clean socks and clean underwear. Um, we carry flashlights now um, because one of the things that we found out is that when they go to a new home, or a temporary home, um, they just need that security in the evening hours. And, you know, it's something that they can turn on when the lights go out. And so we carry flashlights, um, you know, we carry the deodorant and things like that. Uh, one of the things that we had found is um, if there is a senior that is in assisted care, uh, in an assisted care facility um, that's paid and they're on Medicaid. I mean, they have typically like 60 bucks a month to spend on their, on their toothpaste, deodorant, things like that. So we try to keep everything that we think or have been told or learned in, from in the past that somebody might need. And so, yeah, it, it's, it, it seems like a lot sometimes. Uh, one of the things that I kind of didn't even think about until Ryan came down to write that article is like we've just gotten so used to doing different things and and things that are presented to us um, that he's like, well, what do you do? And so I start listing them out, and he's like, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it's like, I guess it is. Like, it, we've got it so, and I hate to say fine-tuned because it's not fine-tuned, and some days we don't know, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants, but we've just done it for so long that sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing when we're doing it. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I read Ryan's article and, and like he said, and you just mentioned, you do a lot of stuff and it's not, here's what I love. You know, you do so much for the necessities and the needs, but like my, my mother-in-law just recently went into an assisted living uh, facility. And fortunately she's got us and, you know, we, we go, you know, several times a week and we take her the things like the, the toilet paper and the groceries and, and things of that nature that, that, that she needs. Cause it's hard for her and her neighbors in the facility to get out to the store. You know, they've got shuttles that they go a couple times a week that they'll take them. But there's a lot of people in there that don't have the money to go. Uh, or, you know, they're, they're physically not able to, to get out on that, that shuttle and then, and walk around the Walmart or the, the Sam's club or wherever it is they go. So I know you guys take that stuff to the assisted living facility. They don't have to come to your resource center. No, not, no. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and we're actually planning one, uh, we'll be there in a few days actually. So we plan, uh, we call it free market days. And so we will, uh, kind of pull the pull the residents and see what their needs are, and we will just go into the facility, set up as many tables as we need, um, and just let them shop. And so, yeah, you're right. So a lot of them um, aren't mobile anymore. They have no access to transportation. They have no access to a family member to take them, and so they're just kind of there. And so that's one of the things that we want to provide the necessities for them. But one of the things we also like to do 
is just just to do something to let them know we care. I mean, you know, it, we do like to obviously we do like to do the the necessities, but you know, one of the other things is just to just to give them something throughout the year. And so we'll we'll bring ice cream trucks into them, uh, let them just pick what out whatever they want. Um, we'll do. Uh, we, we, I think you mentioned earlier the jewelry night. We just collected and purchased a truckload of jewelry, and we just set it out on tables and said, "You know what? Take what you want. Like it's yours." Um, at Christmas was my favorite thing to do. We will hand out Christmas wish lists, and we just let them put whatever they want. And you know, some people. One guy put, "I want a pepperoni pizza," and and not only. <laughs> So we were like, okay, we can do that. But then, so we just, we just threw them a pizza party. Um, others need furniture. They need TVs. Um, you know, they, they, they've, they need a lot of things and no matter what they ask for, um, we, we just buy it for them. And like I said, in the moment, it doesn't seem like a lot. Uh, it, but, um, when you start to break it down, it, it, it is, and, and that's fine. We love it. Um, the hobby has been, more than generous to us because um, really I don't know how we would pay for these things without <laughs> it. But um, yeah, so just like I said, a lot of different things. And, and even the people that do have family, we have some on our, on our meal route that do have local family and that do have, you know, those kind of situations, but even just to give respite um, you know, we have a couple that we have a lady that's 103 and she lives with her daughter, but her daughter's 75 now. Wow. And she's like, I love my mom, but like, it's a lot to cook six meals or seven meals a week, twice a day. And so we, we, we just take lunch to them and we always like to give them enough to, to kind of push them through at least two, two, one meal. We like to push into two. It's I'm struggling for words because it's when I said it earlier, it's like, I keep thinking about it. you think of, everything so you know it's not just that you're taking the the essential items for life but you understand that there's more to life than that you know that that jewelry day that hit home to me because you know my mom she passed away in 2019 and she was going to go to assisted living until she got diagnosed with dementia and they couldn't provide the care that, that she would need so i had to i had to keep her at home with me but had she I, I saw her as a resident of one of these places and I, I, I could just see her face if she saw that jewelry table and what that would mean to her. So the fact that you thought to add that kind of stuff where, you know, you could have said, Oh, all this money could go to more food and more and more paper towels and more toilet paper and more deodorant. But these folks need more. They need. And the fact that you think of the stuff like that is what is truly, truly impressive to me is you've run the gamut. You, you're providing the, the necessities, you're providing the small luxuries, you're providing the happiness of a Christmas party with wrapped Christmas gifts of things that they requested. And I just, I can't say how admirable that is and how impressed I am by the totality of what, of what you provide. I mean, it, I can't it, It's crazy. I, yeah. Yeah. And so again, I mean, I can't reiterate how much my family helps in that um that that is a total group effort um because it my wife is a wonderful sounding board because if i come up with some really crazy ideas and there are times that she's like that's like that's not possible or you know so i mean like 
it is a it is a family decision to do those things. So like I said, I can't take credit for all of that. But you know, one of the things, it, even when we do the necessities, we want to do it with dignity. We want we. I don't ever want to be like here is something that you don't have that we're just going to give you there. We want them to maintain some level of dignity. Um, and we want it. It's, it's a peer to peer thing with us, no matter who we're dealing with. It's never like, Hey, we're this big organization. Cause we're not, but like, it's not like, Hey, we're here to just give this stuff to you and move on. And we'll see you in six months. It's like, tell us what you need and we'll get it for you. And that's one of the things that we like to say is that, you know, if you come to us, uh, you know, anybody in, in our organization or anybody in our family and say like, I need blank, that that's what we need. That's all we need. Like we'll do it from there. I don't, I don't need you to tell me, you know, I don't need your story. And, and, and I, not that we don't want it and not that we don't listen, but, your need is, is, is different from your story. We'll help you with your need. And then if you need help after that, you know, if your story is something else, we'll get you the help that you need. And so it's kind of a multi-tiered approach that, you know, we're, we're just there to be there for you. And no matter if we're dealing with seniors or teachers or kids or foster, like, that is, we just want to be there in a way that benefits you and is going to benefit you in the future. And that's one of the things that we really like to stress to our kids and is that, you know, there's just people that are in different situations and people have made different decisions and that doesn't make them that much different than you. And it doesn't disqualify them from, the not only the needs but you know some of the the perks of life it you know people it's funny sometimes people will go well they don't need ice cream well no they don't need ice cream but they need something on the calendar that they can look forward to and you know and that ice cream gives them an opportunity to go outside and sit at a table and talk to you know my son is five and loves to hug everybody. And so he he will go around and it gives them an opportunity to talk to Max and, and hug on Max. And in turn, Max will try to get them to take him for rides on their, on their mobility scooters. (laughs) And sometimes they do, but like, that's, that's the thing. Like you can, you can help people with the necessities, but that's not all that's required for life. You said it, dignity. I mean, that was a perfect word that I was kind of searching for earlier and I couldn't find it, but, you know, to to live with dignity. So we've talked about all this stuff you provide and all the stuff that you do. We really haven't, I I mentioned the card (laughs) shop, but there's, there's some pretty good examples of, there was a T205 Christy Matthewson recently that got sold. Yeah. So where did that, where did that money go? That so yeah so uh, and I'm thinking that was the yes yeah, so the the gold border Christy Matthewson um, so yeah so we got that that was in an estate auction um, and honestly to keep up with the amount of stuff we sell and the amount of stuff that we give away like I feel like I'm constantly buying things and and that's one of the things that my wife is is wonderful about we had. Um, I had a, a, a box of, of WWE belts that came in a while back and it's been several years ago. 
and she opened it up and she goes, you know what? Like, I'm not even going to ask. I don't care because <laughs> I know what it's going to go do. So like, let's just do it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the, the Christy Mathewson uh, got it graded. It graded a three. Um, it was a really nice three. But yeah, so we had a couple uh, kids in our community that were nonverbal. Um, and uh, they, I had talked to their parents. There were two separate sets of parents. And so there were some national organizations um, that gave out iPads. And there's a software called Proloquote Go that, that lets the iPad kind of speak for them. And both of them had mentioned, like, hey, we filled this out. They do this once a year. Like, we're on month seven. And, you know, I was like, well, why, why are we waiting? Like, let's just, let's just do it. Like, they need it. It's going to help them. Like, let's not wait for somebody in another state to decide what your kid needs. So, yeah, plop that down on eBay and uh, sold it and, and spent the money, bought them a couple iPads and some software. And, and those kids are talking. I mean, they're not talking. The iPad's talking. I mean, but they're communicating. And so, yeah, so that's, we live sometimes moment to moment to where like when it, it, the, the, the item just presents itself for sale and it just happens to be, you know, the amount that we need. That's awesome. But that also, before I forget, I want to, I want to ask you this because you just mentioned you put it on eBay. Mm-hmm. So do you keep like a lot of listings like all the time on eBay or is it something like, oh, I've got this card, let me put it on there. Or do you maintain an eBay store? We have in the past maintained an eBay store. It kind of gets convoluted. Um, we're, we're more apt to throw items on as we need them. Um, but yeah, so we do maintain some presence on eBay, but not like we used to. Okay. Would you mind when, when we get done recording, if you'll send me the link, the direct link to that eBay store, Yeah, I'll put that in the show description. So if yeah. you're out there listening, you know, and you want to go check out, Greg's eBay store, knowing that this car that I'm about to buy, yeah, the money so from eBay, it is going to yeah, do good. And, and it does note, I mean, eBay does have the eBay charity, so you can designate. So it's not, you, you don't have to put any faith in old Greg that what I sell, I'm going to give. It it does it handles the payments and everything for us. It, it There's no there's no guesswork in it. eBay handles all of that. So we do that. Um, yeah, so that was one of the bigger ones that we had had lately. Um, it was a beautiful card. Um, and it sat on my desk for a little while. I did put maybe a little light backlight on it just to admire it for a while. But, <laughs> you know, everything I buy, I know it's never for long. Um, and so that's good and bad. Sometimes we des- we can't necessarily hang on to things to reach peak value. But, um, yeah. That, that's, um, I don't know, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's hard to explain sometimes. (laughs) Well, so we got people out there listening. Maybe they this is their first time they've been introduced to you, and I hope that's the case. I I hope that this platform, you know, spreads you know spreads um, your mission uh, of good to to other people. So, other than going to your eBay store and following your eBay store, how else can someone who's out there listening right now? How can they follow you on other platforms? And how? How can they best help you? So if you're speaking to the world right now, <laughs> and what is the best way that they can help? Let me pull out the, the notebook and I'll make sure I cover everything. So, yeah, so we're on Twitter and um, somebody who's in IT, I'm kind of embarrassed that I never really got into Twitter. I was always on Facebook and 
I just couldn't figure out how to reach more people. And finally, a buddy's like, if you're not on Twitter, you're old. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I tried Twitter. And so we're on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook. We have a website. We do have a donate button uh, where people can donate financial means or whatever through through our website. But honestly, what what I'm getting better at is is just reaching out to the card world and to the and I'm learning that Twitter's card universe or community is is gigantic. Um, yeah, so not only do we sell a lot of cards and we give all the money away, and so um, I affectionately say that I have the world's worst business model <laughs> and that I, I pay for things sell them keep none of the money and then we start from scratch so not only do we do that but um we give away i want to say we're over five million in terms of cards and comics and toys that we've given away um so if there's anybody out there on the the twitterverse or anywhere that may hear this any of the podcast platforms like if you just have cards laying around man like you can donate them to us. We are a 501c3, so you can write it off on your taxes if you choose to do that. Um, but one of the things, I mean, I love doing everything that we do, but I do absolutely love just keeping kids involved in the hobby. And we do that by giving out, just like I said, millions of cards. And so we're, we're like in local libraries, uh, schools, uh, we hand them out to sheriff's department. I mean, any place that we can get a, a, a pack of cards to a kid. And sometimes this hobby prices those kids out and especially the kids that are in the lower income levels, especially the kids that are in foster care, they don't really have access to it. And it kind of robs them a little bit of their childhood. I mean, I know I can't imagine what, and again, I can't imagine growing up if I didn't have this, um, it just gives them something to talk about with somebody else. And so, if you're out there and you're sitting on cards, man, we'll, we'll, we'll take anything. I say, take anything. I mean, if we don't sell it, we give it away uh, to kids and, you know, we've even, you know, gotten monster boxes and 91 Fleer, which in my opinion is the world's <laughs> ugliest set known it's to man, awful. but it's awful. The yellow is awful. Yeah. The yellow is awful, but we have some connections with some life skills classrooms and some uh, learning disabled classrooms and they use them for sorting. I mean, they just say, Hey kids, put the Cardinals here. You know, what is this logo? Uh, they'll do it counting. We've given them pages and we'll mark the pages like this is one, two, three, four, five, and they'll, they'll build sets out of that. So like we leave no meat on the bone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's like the number one thing. And like I said, that's something that I'm having to learn how to do better um, because for years and years and years, it's just been me and what I'm able to trade by, you know, acquire on my own. But we could grow exponentially with help from other people. And like I said, that's just something that I'm having to learn how to do better and part of it's just being more open with our story and part of it's doing things like this. I mean, I don't know that six months ago, this would have been something that I would have maybe necessarily have done. Cause I wouldn't have known, you know, uh, wow, that anybody would even be interested in. I mean, one of the things we went to the national a couple of years ago and I brought some of the cards. I didn't bring the Matthewson, but I brought a bunch of graded um, tobacco cards and I'm talking to these guys and they're like, well, do you run a shop? I'm like, yeah, I run a shop. And, 
And they're like, oh, you know, like, what's your sales numbers? I'm like, well, technically it's zero. Like, <laughs> you know, and they're like, what? I'm like, we just give every all, give it all away. And they're like, no way. Like there's no, I'm like, no, for real. Like we're just going to sell these T205s and I'm going to give it away. And sometimes we were a little broad with the people that we serve. So we can't really hang our hat necessarily on one thing. So, um, we're kind of an anomaly and that in the sports card world, sometimes there's some skepticism uh, from somebody that wants to buy a whole bunch of baseball cards and sell them and give them away. And then on the flip side in the, in the philanthropic world, like they're like, what do you do? And we're like, well, we do everything like, well, what, (laughs) you know, can you be specific? I'm like, we help people. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know how specific you want it to be. I mean, so yeah, so that's the, like I said, we're just learning how to reach out for those donations, and you know, some sometimes I'll read Twitter threads, and you know, guys will be like, "Man, if it's under two, three bucks, I throw it in the trash." It's like, no, 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 please don't, please don't do that, because <laughs> you know, there's so much value in it to us and to anybody, you know, to other organizations. I know we're not alone, kind of in what we do, but there's so much value in that. We can't, I can't buy that much stuff to to have that but you know if you if it's if it's going in the trash especially man they put it in one of those flat rate boxes and we'll do something good with it 100 percent. and i'll tell you what i'll do i mentioned it before every way that i can dig up whether it's your twitter your website all that i will link all yes. the possible ways to follow you in in the description below so wherever you're listening to this go to the description and i'll have ways that you can you can follow greg that you can reach out to greg that you yeah. can be interactive with him and and donate um or just help him in any way you can so. that would be phenomenal and like i said one of the like the needs never end when you when the when your service area is as broad as ours um we get phone calls. So like, for example, in our teacher's store, um, we will have teachers. Our service area is 140 miles north to south. And then in Illinois, we cover river to river, which is like another 130 miles. So um, at our last count, we have like 370 different teachers that have been in our, 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 our resource center from about 67 school districts, something like that. Wow. So just, just from the teacher end, those, those needs are, um, they don't stop. And then, um, you know, unfortunately there's always kids that are in situations that they don't need to be in and the state will intervene or, or agencies will intervene. And so we'll get, um, we'll get calls all the time and they're awful calls to get, but I know how awful it is to be on the other. I mean, I know how, it's, it's hard for us to hear and sometimes it's hard to figure out where the money's coming from. But, you know, we, we've, over the years, we've kind of realized that the person making that call is in a way worse situation. And so, you know, just to be there for them. And like I said, the hobby has allowed us to do that. Um, and again, like just, just piecing those two things together. So is, is huge and, and really just publicity or I say publicity, like word of mouth is, is huge too. Cause like I said, when we went to the national, everybody's like, what are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> Hey, if you, if you donate cards to me, I'll sell them and I'll, I'll give it away. And it's like, Oh my gosh. So, you know, even just, just the, the knowledge that if you have something extra that you're holding on to, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it to good use. Well, I'll tell you what, I am glad that you decided to come on Twitter. I'm yeah. glad that 
you tagged Ryan Fagan in that video that you tagged him in and that he found you. And that's how I was introduced to you is by reading. I would, I would not be sitting here with you today if, if I had not yeah. read that article by Ryan. So I'm glad that you are reaching out further and I hope this podcast will help. Yeah. So will help uh, get it even further. Absolutely. And again, like I said, I can't thank everybody that's, that's, that's helped us this far enough. Uh, Cause like I said, when Ryan came, you know, we're an hour into the conversation and he goes, I'm going to be honest, like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And so like Twitter and, and, and these podcasts and like Ryan's article has really allowed us to kind of open that door because unless you see it, it is hard to explain. And again, some of the skepticism I can't blame people for. Um, but yeah, just, we're just, it just opens the door to show, you know, like I said, what we do and, and trying to be there for those in our community and those that are hurting and those that are in need um, sometimes can get tricky. Uh, but like I said, like if you would have told me at 10 or if, that I would sell baseball cards and buy beds for foster kids, I would think that you're, you're nuts. Or even, you know, even when we started this, if you would have told me what we do and how long we've done it, I would have thought you were nuts too. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, this, the community uh, of baseball cards, sports cards collectors in general is one of the most generous and caring and, and loving communities. It, it's, I can't, I, I, I can't describe it enough. One of my best friends, I was talking to him yesterday and he was talking about listening to my podcast and listening to the last few episodes. I had Eric Hecker on here mm-hmm. uh, um, a couple weeks ago and you know, my friend was like, that community is amazing. He's like, I, I, I never, I never would have imagined, but listening to your shows and listening to these people talk, it's like, I, I, I've seen your Twitter and I kind of got it. And he's like, but listening to, to all these stories, he's like, it, it's just an amazing community. And I'm like, yes, it is. It, it absolutely is. And I say that to say in a community that is overflowing with generosity and kindness and people wanting to do for others, you, sir, are at the top of the heap from what from what I've experienced as to as to what you do for others. And I, w- I just want to tell you that I I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate you agreeing to come on here with me tonight and tell your story. And anything you ever need from me, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not a big name in the hobby, I, but I will do what I can to help you get the word out. You said it. Grassroots is is how is how movements are made. Right. Yeah. And, you and, know, and, it's in, and from what, even the short time that we've been on Twitter and, and really just in general, like it's crazy to see how this community, how much more generous it is than the people sometimes that you would think would be generous. I mean, we've applied for state grants. We've applied for, and so we've been denied so many times for like government things and, and, or they, you know, they like, so they either don't understand or, whatever. And then I'm like, Hey, you know, like after Ryan's article, Ryan's like, Hey, whatever, you know, if you want to help and like the, the just random things that show up is amazing. And it does in it. And even in that it's grassroots. I mean, uh, the other day I got, uh, somebody gave me $3 and some Mike Billikai through the mail cards, but like, <laughs> that's great. Like that's the stuff that we love because we're, we're, we're that grassroots thing too. And so it feels so good 
that somebody, you know, writes us a little note and says, Hey, here's a couple dollars. Like we love what you're doing. This is what we can give or, you know, like and it might be like, we'll do something with those. Now, again, like I'm never going to turn down a big company or I'm never going to turn down a, a big shop or a big distributor, but like the community just, it's, it's from the ground up and it's just, people are so quick to give what they have when they're asked of it. And that's, what's absolutely amazing because nobody knows, I mean, none of, nobody knows me. Like the packages we've received, I couldn't tell you who they are. They don't know the people that we serve. Um, I mean, sometimes <clears throat> people, some, some of the people have said, like, we connect to the people that you talked about in the article, but they don't know who we serve. They don't know the people in the community. But, like, without hesitation, you know, we get these things through the mail. And it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's a great a great community to be a part of and like i said you represent the best of us so you know sir um i want to thank you again for, for coming on here and i guess i'll give you uh one last question and that would be is there is there something that i should have asked you that i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know any better <laughs> is, i don't think so because again <laughs> some of the things that we do are so automatic and some of the things how we do it's so automatic that I don't even know. I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, right. The I guess the, the answer to, to any question is please don't hesitate to ask. Um, if you have questions, uh, we're always open. Um, you know, if you're in our neck of the woods and you need help, please, our lines are always open and, you know, if some part of my story connects with you, please don't hesitate to ask with that. I think one of the things that I'm learning now is that it's not necessarily the most uncommon thing to live through some of the things that I've lived through. And so just to be open about that as well, like we're an open line, no matter where you at, where you're at. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't hesitate to ask if, and, and if you have an idea on how to do things better than what we do, uh, that's also, you know, one of the things uh, I think I put out on Twitter a while back is like, if you run a business, a card shop, if you do online sales, if you do Twitter sales, like I'm just learning what stacks are like, you know, if you have, if you have suggestions and, and ways to, to point us in the right direction, I'm, I'm more than open that too. Absolutely. So if you're out there listening um, and you feel that you can offer him help, even if it's not monetary, like he just said, you know, yeah, just, if you could offer advice or, on how to run a successful stack or, or anything that you can contribute. I'm sure that, that he would, he would welcome it with open arms. So, um, Greg, I just want to say one, one thing before we wrap up is I'm glad that your plans didn't go through like you hoped 23 years ago. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And it was an honor for me to talk to you tonight. So yeah. yeah. Hey, like I, I appreciate said, you. Thank you for, I, I know that maybe that went over a little bit, but thank you for the time. I mean, honestly, um, hopefully this is, this is the next step to whatever. That's what, yeah. that's all. We just live one step at a time and hopefully this is the next step to something else. Absolutely. One, one step at a time, one day at a time. And yeah, Thank you so much. So I think that's going to put a bow on this week's episode. Um, so again, Greg, I, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. And as always, I want to thank you, the listener. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe or follow on whichever platform you may be listening. Uh, maybe even give it a rating. That's really the best way you can help this podcast grow and gain visibility. So 
I'll be back next week with another new guest, and I hope you will be as well. Until then, this is Che, wishing you happy collecting.